Last week, we began our series on names. We looked at the names of the man, the woman, and the garden. We saw Adam formed from the dust of the earth and the very breath of God. We heard God call creation good. And we saw Adam name all the animals. And then Eve, whose name means from man, was created from the very blood and bone of Adam. And Eden was almost paradise. This week, we look at another name. A name that means laughter. So if you will, open up your Bible to the first book, Genesis. And our story continues in chapter 18. You're welcome to use any Bible that you like. The Bible you brought from home. The Bible that's there in the pews with you. The Bible app that's on your phone. I'm reading from the Common English Bible. It's the Bible that we have in the pews. Genesis chapter 18. (coughs) The Lord appeared to Abraham at the Oaks of Mamre while he sat at the entrance of his tent in the day's heat. He looked up and suddenly suddenly saw three men standing near him. As soon as he saw them, he ran from his tent entrance to greet them and bow deeply. He said, Sirs, if you would be so kind, don't just pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought to you so you may wash your feet and refresh yourselves under the tree. Let me offer you a little bread so you will feel stronger. And after that, you may leave your servant and go on your way, since you have visited your servant. And they responded, Fine. Do just as you have said. So Abraham hurried to Sarah at his tent and said, Hurry, need three seahs of the finest flour and make some baked goods. Abraham ran to the cattle, took a healthy young calf, and gave it to a young servant, who prepared it quickly. Then Abraham took butter, milk, and the calf, that had been prepared, put the food in front of them, and stood under the tree near them as they ate. They said to him, Where's your wife, Sarah? And he said, Right here in the tent. Then one of the men said, I will definitely return to you about this time next year. Then your wife, Sarah, will have a son. Sarah was listening at the tent door behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were both very old. Sarah was no longer menstruating. So Sarah laughed to herself, thinking, I'm no longer able to have children, and my husband's old. The Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Me give birth at my age? Is anything too difficult for the Lord? When I return to you about this time next year, Sarah will have a son. Sarah lied and said, I didn't laugh because she was afraid. But he said, no, you laughed. And so we know how the story ends. Flip over to chapter 21 and we'll read a few more verses. Genesis 21. The Lord was attentive to Sarah just as he had said. And the Lord carried out just what he had promised her. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son for Abraham when he was old. At the very time God had told him, Abraham named his son, the one Sarah bore him, 
Isaac. Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, just as God had commanded him. Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born. And Sarah said, God has given me laughter. Everyone who hears about it will laugh with me. She said, Who could have told Abraham that Sarah would nurse sons? But now I've given birth to a son when he was old. The word of God for the people of God. Life outside the garden is not always abundant. Abraham and Sarah are called to leave the area they're in, and they end up sailing in Haran. They migrate to Canaan. They're in and out of certain areas because of famine and hard times. And now as we turn to chapter 18, we see the relationship between Abraham and Sarah has not given them children. And in that culture, children was a major hope. Oh, and there was also that promise from God, that promise that Abraham would be a great nation. And so as we come to this part of the story, where is that promise? Abraham and Sarah, they were called to step out in faith, to go to a land that God would show them when they got there. And God promised them that they would be a great nation. But they were wondering, is that really what we heard? Is that really what God promised us? Because they couldn't see it. Because here at this point in the story of Abraham and Sarah, they're childless. And that's the whole backdrop of the story. There is the promise of new life. But there is that all too humoring, that all too human question lingering in the background. When? When will it happen? In chapter 18, we see the Lord appears to Abraham. And somehow, Abraham realizes that in the three men that's at his tent door, God is present. So let's try to put this in context. In the Hebrew Bible, our Old Testament, God sometimes appears to people. Sometimes he sends a divine messenger. The Hebrew word for that is malak. When they translated the Hebrew Bible into Greek, that Hebrew word malak got translated to the Greek angelos, angels. Angels are messengers of God. So in the Old Testament, sometimes we see God uses angels. Sometimes God speaks through angels. But it doesn't look like Abraham recognizes these men as angels right away because he addresses them as sirs. Now, in the ancient world, there was no Holiday Inn Express. There was no hotels or motels or inns or breads, beds and breakfasts. So... Travelers depended on the kindness of strangers, the hospitality of strangers. So these three strangers, they wander by. And Abraham says, here, wash your feet. I'll get a morsel of bread. But then he goes, and he doesn't. He gets the finest flour. 
And this isn't a culture where you can just run to Winn-Dixie and buy good wheat flour. And he gets veal for the meal. He gets a calf, the most expensive. So Abraham hurries up and he makes arrangements for this feast. Now, hospitality is important. But this, this is over the top. Abraham's already old, and he's running around and having Sarah cook this feast for these strangers. Now, most of the time when we preach about Abraham, we always go back to Genesis 12, where we get that promise that Abraham is going to be a father to many nations, a father to a great nation. But do you remember the second part of that promise? be a blessing to all people. What we see in the story of Scripture here is, is that Abraham is blessing these strangers. In this moment, Abraham is living out his calling. And we have a few questions here. How do these men know Sarah's name? How did the stranger know that Sarah laughed to herself? It must be divine. Now, in classic literature, comedy is not always about laughter. Classic comedy is about a story that turns out completely different than what you expected. And in this story, don't you see the wholly unexpected, miraculous turning of circumstances? And don't we get that joyful ending in chapter 21? One that almost makes you want to laugh a happy laugh with Sarah. But in this story, in chapter 18, Sarah and Abraham, they're in their old age. It's not until chapter 21 that they finally become parents. And this promise of God, which seems so impossible, it actually does happen. But in chapter 18, we see that Sarah protests. She says, I'm too old. My husband's too old. She thinks it's impossible. And she laughs. And then there's this great line. Is anything too difficult for the Lord? Our pulpit Bible, the NRSV, translates it as, Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? And that word, wonderful, is the same wonder that's used later on in the story of Scripture when we hear about the signs and wonders of God, about the wondrous acts of God. So the connection that you get to the bigger picture of the story and the story of Scripture here is that the future that God is planning for the world, the future blessing through the people of Israel, is happening now. In and through Sarah. And God takes that painful laughter. You know those times when life hurts so much that all you can do is laugh? And God turns that laughter around. There is an impossible joy that comes only from God. Now, if you've done your homework and you've read your Bible up to this point, you know that Abraham and Sarah have been waiting. 
Not for days, not for weeks, not for months, not for years, but for decades. They've been waiting for decades. Now, Abraham and Sarah, they would have qualified for Social Security back when they got this promise. And now they're probably wondering, how old do we got to get? How long is it going to take? How long before this promise comes true? And Sarah laughs. It's a very human thing to do because we laugh at things that are outrageous. And I think we've all faced moments in life where we had to either laugh or cry. And Sarah chooses to laugh. Maybe Sarah and Abraham were thinking, how many times have we heard this before? And as they look at their real-life, practical, hands-on experience, their real-life experience told them, it ain't going to happen. The years are passing by, and they're probably at the point where they're asking some really hard questions. What do we do? When does faith become fantasy? When is it time to give up? Because those are the questions that's at the heart of this story. It's not just that Abraham and Sarah are old. It's not just that Abraham and Sarah can't let go of this hope that they've secretly cherished. This is a story about the promise of God. And how the promise of God continues to challenge us. To challenge us at that thought of giving up. This story tells us that the future that God has for us can be very much different than the future that we imagine. And that God's future can go beyond our present limitations. This is a story about the power of promise. The power of promise that gives hope for the future. It's not just fantasy. It's not just a dream. God calls us out of that thought that it's impossible, that it's inevitable. Abraham and Sarah, they could have been very human, and they could have said, it's over. We're old. It's over. It ain't going to happen. But what does God say? God says it's not over. God says He's not through with us yet. So as we look at this story, what do we see about God? We see that sometimes God fulfills His promise in spite of us, in spite of our skepticism, in spite of our doubt, in spite of our laughter. What does this story tell us about the heart of God? In chapter 21, we see that God accomplishes the unexpected and the promise is fulfilled. And as you read chapter 21, you, you really hear that this isn't a promise just to Abraham. This is a promise to Sarah as well. Isaac's name means laughter. And his name refers back to that laughter of chapter 18, the laughter of doubt. The doubt of both his parents. But now that laughter is about the joy of new life. The joy of new life. And we're invited to join in that joy. 
we see that God wants to celebrate with us. He wants to celebrate new life with us and in us. And laughter, believe it or not, laughter becomes the way that we share in the surprise that God has given us. The good news is that God can take our cynicism and our skepticism and our despair and turn it into joy and laughter. Next week, We'll look at Isaac's son. But maybe I'm a little bit too sentimental since Granny just passed away. Before we skip over Isaac's entire life, I feel like we need to honor Isaac's life. Let's take a moment for that. Abraham was a great man. Isaac was the son of a great man. Abraham lived an epic life, and his life truly was a journey. Isaac never moved out of his little circle in Palestine. Abraham broke new paths, and Isaac walked in the paths that were laid out for him. Abraham was a commander, and Isaac avoided collisions. Most of us are not like Abraham. I know I'm not. But we remember the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. So what made Isaac great? He had an instinct that was right. He saw that the best thing about his father was his faith. And he reflected the values and the moral of that hope. And he passed those beliefs on to his family. In chapter 26, we'll see that Isaac has a quiet confidence. He's not avoiding conflict. He's trusting that God will give him everything that he needs to survive. What makes Isaac great is that he had the wisdom and the grace to welcome the best of what he had inherited. So many of us are fortunate to come from a family of faith. That means that we have a call. That means that we have a mission to stand in the gap of those great saints who have gone on before us, to love and serve our neighbor. And we see the life lesson from Isaac is that the best thing that we can do is share our faith with our family. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.